Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran. Today we are going to be hearing from Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I've made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I've made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who'd received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you see when you look at an acorn? Do you see a little nut? Do you see the mighty oak tree that produced this acorn? Do you see the tiny radical inside this, this acorn that will grow into a mighty taproot for an oak tree? Do you see the mighty oak tree hidden in the pommel of that acorn? In a mast year, which occurs every two to five years in the forest cycle, a mature oak tree can produce as many as 10,000 acorns. 
Do you see the forest of oak trees that comes from the thousands of acorns produced by the oak tree that came from your acorn? That one tree produced from this one acorn will multiply exponentially. In addition to lots of seedling trees, more acorns means more squirrels and more mice, which will mean more hawks and more owls. What do you see when you look at an acorn? Today's Gospel text asks, what do you see when you look at God? Our Matthew passage starts off by telling us that a very wealthy man is about to leave on an extended journey. He distributes massive amounts of his wealth to three servants. Each amount is decided according to the servant's ability. When the master returns, he calls his servants together for an accounting of what they did with the, the, with the entrusted treasure. Now, the first servant had been entrusted with amount equal to a working man's wages for 200 years. He invested wisely and diligently and doubled the master's money. The master was well pleased. He praised the servant and gave him great power over his estate. The second servant had been entrusted with an equal amount of money that would be a working man's wages for 100 years. He too invested wisely and diligently and doubled his master's money. The master was well pleased. Again, he praised the servant and gave him great power over his estate. Now the third servant had been entrusted with an amount equal to a working man's wages for 20 years. This servant dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's treasure for safekeeping. When the master sought an accounting for the third treasure, the servant explained what he had done. The master was furious. He berated the servant and left him with nothing. Now we need to understand that the third servant did nothing wrong. It was customary in those days to bury one's treasure in a garden or in a field for safekeeping. The servant did nothing against the master. However, he did nothing for the master, and the master expected more. Notice how deeply the third servant was affected by his perception of the master. We're not told anything about the master's character until we hear the third servant say that he was afraid of his master, that he knew his master to be a harsh man. The other two servants say or do nothing to indicate that they think the master is harsh. So where does this perception come from? Can you see how this can happen with our relationship with God. How in our eyes, God can become what we imagine him to be. If we see God as a disciplinarian, as someone who makes rules and then waits for us to slip up so he can punish us, we will get hung up on a religion of legalism and miss the grace. 
If we see God only as a judge waiting to lay down the law, we will see every negative in life as a punishment from God. We will get what we are seeking. On the other hand, if we count our blessings, if we look for the good in each day, we will find our lives to be filled with moments of grace. If we see God as a God of love, we will notice acts of his love in our lives, and we will find it easy to share God's love with others. In fact, we will not be able to contain his love. We will find ourselves looking for ways to bless others out of God's love for us. We will get what we are seeking. If what we see is what we get, then let us examine the picture of God we carry inside of us. Is the God you know gracious or stern? Is he loving or judgmental? Does he hold a grudge or does he forgive and forget? Is your image of God the same image Jesus sought to demonstrate to us? Jesus tells this parable just days before he went to the cross and died for us. When he took our place and died our death. When he paid the price of our sins. That is how far God went to communicate his love for us. This was the same God who created you and who sustains you day by day, who loves you when you forget to love him, who loves you when you are sure you are unlovable. He sent Jesus to tell us of this great love. Jesus' ministry was devoted to feeding the hungry, healing the sick, forgiving the wayward, embracing the lost, to love the unlovable, all in the name of a loving God. Like the master in the parable, before Jesus left his followers, he called them together and commissioned them as his servants to carry on his work. Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to equip and support his servants. He blesses each of his followers with gifts, talents, and treasures to do his work. Nevertheless, do not misunderstand this. All are called to share the gospel message of salvation, each in his or her own way, while carrying on Christ's work of serving others according to their needs. And when Christ returns, he will reward you according to your service. Some of us serve faithfully to the best of our ability. Some of us think attending worship services faithfully is enough. And some people see no need to do anything. The tragedy of this parable is not the failure to serve. It is the failure to truly know the master. The tragedy in the church 
is the failure to truly know our Savior. Near the end of C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan the lion takes Lucy, Edmund, Peter, and everyone to the new Narnia, to where to what we call heaven or the new creation. It is a place of astonishing light and beauty, a place where every blade of grass seems to mean more and where every creature sings for the sheer joy of the creator. It is a place where everything is just so real in depth and color that the mere sight of a daisy takes your breath away and makes you weep for the sheer beauty of the thing. But then, in the midst of all this splendor, the children see a group of dwarfs huddled together, convinced that they're sitting in the rank stench of a barn, a place so dark they cannot see their hands in front of their faces. Lucy is so upset that the dwarves are not enjoying the new Narnia that she begs Aslan to help them to see. Aslan replies, Dearest Lucy, I will show you what I can do and what I cannot do. Aslan then shakes his golden mane and a sumptuous banquet instantly appears in front of the dwarves. Each dwarf has a plate heaped with juicy meats, glistening vegetables, plump grains of rice. Each also receives a goblet brimming with the finest wine anyone could ever imagine. But when the dwarfs dive in and begin eating, they start gagging and complaining. Doesn't this beat all, they lament. Not only are we in this stinking stable, but now we've got to eat hay and dried cow dung as well. When they sip the wine, they sputter. And look at this now, dirty water out of a donkey's trough. The dwarfs, Aslan goes on to say, had chosen suspicion instead of trust in love. They were prisoners of their own minds. They could not see Aslan's gift of the new Narnia, for they would not see. Aslan could do nothing but leave them alone to the hell of their own devising. What you see is what you get. If you think of God as one who lays out laws that no one can keep, as one who condemns every wrong turn, you will be hard-pressed to find joy in your life. If you think of God as the one who put the plan of salvation in place for you, even before you sinned, as the one who offers grace when we do not deserve it, you will find unlimited joy in your life. You see, you get to choose how much joy you will find in your life. Decide today what you will see. Amen.